Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of some of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. Well, this is Aaron Kronk, your host for Behind the Tour, and our desire and purpose is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a biblical worldview and uncover the hidden lessons of our past. Well, today we are blessed to be joined on the podcast with American Christian Tours Education Program Leader, Terry Van Cleveren. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Aaron. I'm so glad to be here. Well, Terry, I am super excited. Um, you and I have spent a little bit of time in the past together, and I've gotten to know you a little bit. Uh, but Terry, you are one of our amazing education program leaders that, that gives tours um, all across the country, but specifically on the West Coast. So Terry, tell, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of where you live and, and what you do? Yes, I'm so honored to be a part of this really wonderful group of people. It just, God has just worked so many details to get me here. I actually am a San, I was born in San Francisco on the Presidio. So I am a San Francisco Bay Area, California native. On the Presidio. That is on the Presidio, Letterman Hospital. My dad was in the Marines. Okay. So that's where I was born. I spent the first a year or two of my life in the area known as Haight Nashbury. And then after that, did a little bit of traveling, grew up in the East Bay, and then spent another 20 years in Central California. And about nine years ago, came to Arizona and uh, happily enjoying semi-retirement with my husband here. <laughs> well, Terry, that's awesome. So you are truly uh, a native Californian then. Absolutely. That is super cool. Well, Terry, how did you how did you come to work with American Christian Tours? I have a, have, have a really good friend, Deb, and she has been with Axe for ages. She posted on Facebook uh, one of her trips, and I hashtagged her dream job, and she got back to me. And so about four years ago, I started dialoguing with people from Axe to join the team. Okay, awesome. Well, and we have so many wonderful people, Terry, including yourself, uh, take on the challenge of leading the tours and uh, with a bunch of kids. So, um, <laughs> especially the West Coast tours with uh, with the fourth and fifth graders. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Terry, uh, the topic of this podcast is the California Education tour programs that X provides. And uh, we, we cover a lot of different ground uh, in California. So we're calling this episode, California, here we come. Yes, come on over to California. The purpose of the California education programs is uh, to enhance mostly the, the fourth grade state history studies by bringing students on site to where history happened, right, Terry? Yes, absolutely. We, we, we do, a, I mean, as you know, our, our tours are a la carte, so the teachers and the organizers and acts gets together and decide what they want to do. But the exciting thing about it is I don't think anything can replace experiencing something visually and tapping into all five senses with uh, uh, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smells. And it is such a joy to see these children who have a quite a different lifestyle as children than we did go out there without technology and smell the mountains and taste uh, taste uh, Cloud Tower in San Francisco, donuts in Sacramento, barbecued hamburgers, camping, and uh, pick up pick up rocks and sticks and walk. 
it's just very exciting to witness that. Yeah, and, and one of our one of our main focal points too, Terry, I'm sure you'd agree with this, is to encourage students to see God's hand of providence in the founding of California, uh, you know, the discovery of gold, uh, bringing people to settle in California, because it's all by his design, right? Exactly. And how one of the things that keeps coming up through our tours is that even when you're young, God uses you. So don't let anyone look down on you because you're young and that God uses all of us. Yeah. And so uh, the importance of California, Terry, really to the development of, say, the Transcontinental Railroad connecting both coasts um, is a a little bit of a focal point, but also how California became a leading agricultural, uh, really powerhouse in the world. So the the tours that you give, we're going to go on a little uh, road trip now with you, and you're going to... kind of provide our listeners with a with a kind of a quick summary That's of the perfect. sites on yes. uh, the like some of the California programs that we offer. I'm going to do a uh, one of our in my imagination starting off with some some uh, a school from perhaps the Long Beach area, which is a joy because I get to I connect with them first thing in the morning and then we start hitting up north up Highway 5 up to 99 we get we go over the pass and we get this wonderful, spectacular view of the uh, San Joaquin Valley. Hmm. And it's known as the breadbasket of the world. And we have so many crops coming out of there, almonds and oranges and uh, um, greenery and watermelons. It's just really, really beautiful to look at. And on our way, typically to uh, Sacramento, we stop at some ag swaps and pick oranges and taste oranges, again, and enhancing all the, the sensations for the students. So why don't we pick a starting point then, uh, Terry, and why don't we start with Sacramento visiting the state capitol building in the capitol grounds, and what are, what do we do there? Well, it's 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 really gorgeous up there, and um, so we really focus on the history of California. We became a state when we became a state, and all the uh, the the work that it took for us to become a state. And our our independence there and what Californians have a unique way of thinking as a result of that. And we get to walk around the beautiful grounds of uh, Capitol. There's a beautiful rose garden. And my very favorite uh, memorial there is the California Vietnam Memorial. And we honor about 6,000 Californians who lost their life or went missing in the Vietnam War. And another beautiful area, a little bit uh, up the garden, is our Firefighters Memorial commemorating uh, people, first line, first line responders in that area. And then we've got willow trees around. It's a nice, wonderful walk around the Capitol. Well, what about Old Town Sacramento? Um, because I know that uh, that you visit the Old Town. What's what's at the Old Town? Old Town Sacramento is so fascinating because it's it's really shows you the tenacity of Californians. The, uh, the old, old Sacramento was started and uh, John Sutter was instrumental in that. And it survived in five years, survived four floods, no, five floods and four fires, which really shows you the fighting spirit of Californians. And so probably why we have the firefighters memorial. There. Yes. Yes. We just really honor that. Yeah. They, uh, it's just really fascinating because there's over 50 original buildings from the 1850s that are there. And then some have been reconstructed. And we, that's also where the railroad museum is, which is completely fascinating. And most most students really get a kick out of being inside there, a hands-on uh, museum. This, tell me a little bit more about that that museum, uh, 
What is uh, what's so fascinating about the railroad museum? The railroad museum has uh, full size trains there, and okay. a lot of and a lot of the exhibits are hands on in that you'll be vibrating and touching. It's, it really it really um, awakens your senses. It is just really really pretty. The docents that work there are very informative. They're, they dress in period costume, and it's just very very interactive. And I think that's really is really touches the students, but also the parents really love it in there too. Yeah, right. Well, I think that the parents are just students at heart, right? Kids at heart. Aren't we all? Uh, So this is really interactive and and great for the fourth and fifth graders. Yes, yes. And also, this is when we we have the time to share how important the Transcontinental Railroad is and how the vision to connect the Atlantic to the Pacific was so crazy then, but how that really did change the face of America. Yeah, and that, that's a whole history listen, lesson in and of itself. Exactly. Well, the next little point here um, is the Pon- the Pony Express monument, and uh, I'm gonna we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But what's why why the Pony Express monument? Well, the Pony Express monument is right there in Sacramento, and it's a it's a full size horse with a, a man on top making that delivery, and it the. The idea of the Pony Express was to get the mail moved as quickly from California to Missouri to pushing it toward the East Coast um, as quick as possible. And that with the Pony Express, it took about 10 days to have that happen. And what it was that they took uh, young men, you could you had to be as old as 14 and the average was 20 to get on that horse and, the, and move that mail 24 seven. So they changed horses every 20 miles. They changed riders every 100 miles or so. And uh, they got that they got that mail moving. Yeah, so we didn't always have mail jeeps and uh, airplanes, did we? We did not, and it went from uh, it used to be two cents to get that going, and the Pony Express it cost it could cost up to five dollars to get that letter moved over to Washington D.C. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's great. Okay, so moving on from the Pony Express monument, there, Terry, uh, we have one called Raising the Town, yes. uh, and then also Sutter's Fort. Why don't we okay. just? Touch on those two. Real quick, I just mentioned about the floods that kept happening along the Sacramento River. Well, the whole town, uh, the old town of Sacramento kept getting flooded and the flood would reach to the second level. So after the fifth flood, they actually raised enough money that they raised the entire town. Well, they actually used scaffoldings. And uh, when I went for the tour down under in the tunnels, imagine uh, when you used to change your tires and you had that jack they have these massive jacks that raised the town and there'll be parts when we walk that i can actually point out the original level of the city there and sutter's fort is a major attraction because that's where john sutter put made his fort which was a trading post at an in, in 1840s and at one time that was in the middle of 190,000 acres in that part of sacramento and he's a pretty significant figure in the history of California, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about him later, too. All right, Terry. Well, how about let's let's move on to Coloma. What uh, is our next destination? Coloma is exciting because we actually go to the specific site where James Marshall founded the first piece of gold in uh, 1848. And so it's real exciting. Uh, We do a lot of walking. We hike up to the James Marshall Monument where you get a panoramic view of the Coloma Valley. And so we get to discuss uh, uh, 
this is where we kind of touch a lot on, on how rugged life was for the miners and how, uh, how grueling it was yeah. and, and how so many people descended on this little area of the world. 300,000 people within the, a decade uh, came into California to this area and the impact that it had on the geography as well as the economy there. Yeah. And like you said, Terry, the, you know, just the hands-on uh, in the being there, the, uh, you know, the on location, that's one of my favorite parts about leading a tour yes. is we get to lay eyes on it. We get to see it and stand in the places uh, and tell some of the stories yes. of, of people uh, in our, in our history, like, like Sutter and Marshall. Yes. And they have an exact replica of Sutter's mill right there. And it's uh, been pulled up from the uh, riverside so it's 60 by 20 and it's an exact replica. So they get a feel of how massive that piece of equipment was. Yeah. And the kids actually get the pan for gold, right? Yes, they do. They do. Some really want to come away rich, but so far that hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, sure a lot of the low lying fruit is gone. So <laughs> I imagine so, but there we do get to it. Sometimes some schools opt to go camping there and then there's places that we have barbecues and, uh, but they all, they take their shoes off and they get right in the river with their pants. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Terry, let's keep moving. What's uh, the next thing on our destination here? Well, within Coloma is the Gold Discovery Museum. Yes, that is really fascinating because they actually have uh, authentic pieces that, of equipment that was that was used during the gold during the gold rush. And out there in the open field, they have a reconstructed wagon there. Even uh, the base of the wagon is originally from the gold rush with the other things being added. So it's, they get, again, like the mill, they get to see the size or the lack, the lack of size of some of the things that these people used. So the gold discovery museum, uh, now that's a place I'd, I'd really like to visit myself, Terry. In fact, I think I need to come out there and, and do this trip, Join us. Join um, us. but but there's one more point in Coloma here um, that we should touch on. And that's Marshall's monument. That's, this is a really uh, wonderful hike that we can get up there, and it uh, takes us to the top. And on the way up there, we do see a John Marshall's refurbished cabin. And up there, it's uh, the monument. This monument is the first uh, monument that California had, a historical monument. And he's up there, and he points to the valley exactly to where he found that gold. It, it's a great it's a great place for pictures, but you really do get the panoramic view of the vast valley there. Yeah. And Marshall uh, was actually an employee for John Sutter and yes. he was the one that found the gold and uh, mm -hmm. it was kind of history after that. Then you have, once that got leaked out there, that kind of started the gold rush. Yeah. So John Sutter did not want that leaked out. Yeah. <laughs> it changed, it changed his life as well as it, California. It most certainly did. It changed his, his life and, you know, many of those around him, but especially his, because, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, it, it changed his life in a dramatic fashion, having yes. that many people come West. Yes. All right. Well, Terry, we're going to keep cruising here. And uh, our next uh, point of interest is Yosemite. Yosemite, which is one of our national parks. It's absolutely breathtaking. And the yeah. only thing, that's the only thing you can keep saying is this is absolutely breathtaking. The majesty of God, the creativity of God that, that you see there. And it just lends itself to a spirit of worship, even uh, in the motor coach, uh, the children gasping how beautiful that all is. And the hike, we go up to Bridal, Bridal Veil Falls and Mirror Lake. And 
again, it's just an experience that it wakes them up and because it smells so pretty, it looks so pretty. It's um, deers are running along the side of the motor coach and uh, you have got to see Yosemite. Yeah. And the kids are pretty safe, uh, even though there's bears there, right? Oh, absolutely. I think they're, they're more scared <laughs> of us than we are of them. And they yeah, really, right. I never did see a bear, bear, but we did see deers. Yeah. Well, and I've been to Yosemite a number of times, not on tour, but uh, in camping and backpacking and can attest to the, to the beauty and the grandeur of, uh, you know, the mountains and the waterfalls. It's just a phenomenal area that the God has given to us for his, to reflect his beauty. Yes. And it's just for our pleasure. Well, Terry, what do we do there? Uh, talk a little bit about what, what we do in Yosemite with the kids. We do, we do the hiking. And so we weave lots of, there's lots of beautiful scriptures about God and his majesty and creation in there. And I would say uh, that is the most physical part is that there's just a lot of walking and hiking there. Uh, when we were there last year, uh, it was just opening up a little bit. And so we had the luxury of having lots of spaces to our, lots of space to ourselves. And then there's a little amphitheater if this, if the school elects where you can have a worship service there. And uh, it's just mostly hiking and enjoying the beauty of it. And I tell you, the parents and the students all enjoy that pace. Sure. And especially if the kids are from a city, I would yes. imagine. And the smells, it's just so fresh. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Terry, another, uh, let's move on to another place that we visit on our California tours frequently, which is San Francisco. San Francisco, the Golden Gate City is just amazing there. I don't know how many, uh, how many people hearing this have never been to San Francisco, but I'm surprised when I'm on the tours and also when I'm out about how many people have never visited San Francisco. It is, it's it's breathtaking in that uh, the colors, because we've got the Golden Gate Bridge and we've got Golden Gate Park and we've got Alcatraz and the diversity in this little area. It's a very diverse city. Yeah. And, you know, it's on our tours, Terry, I'm sure you would attest to this uh, as well, but we, our tours are pretty fast paced in their, uh-huh. their move, we move and we cover a lot of ground, don't we? Yes, we really do. And I, I'm proud of that because I think that there's so much to see. And so between the school and our, and our office, the, what gets worked in two or three days is so incredible. And we, yeah. we work with wonderful motor coach riders, drivers who know the cities like you don't know. And I feel so safe in their hands, but we keep such a, we, we keep a really fast clip. I mean, we can go to Chinatown, ride a cable car bus, go to Ghirardelli square and Alcatraz all in the same day. Yeah. And what a phenomenal experience for the kids to uh, Alcatraz. The Exploratorium is another one. Yes. What's, what's in the Exploratorium? The Exploratorium has been moved recently. So it's closer to the water. It's on the pier now and it's all hands on. Everything is touched. I remember taking my children when they were little there and it, they just keep, we talked about uh, a hands-on experiment, uh, a hands-on museum, precisely what this is. It's uh, if you're, if you're into STEM and um, engineering and science, your child can literally spend all day in this one spot alone. <laughs> that is, that is super cool. And then uh, Pier 49 is another place uh, that we go to, right? Yeah. Pier 39 is there. It was, it was built in the seventies. And so it, co- it goes out facing Alcatraz 
And um, it's got shops and great restaurants. Remember I talked about taste? Don't miss the clam chowder in a bread bowl on Pier 39. Well, in the food along the trip too. So, you know, just all these experiences for the kids and adults too. I'm yes. sure parents uh-huh. are just loving life uh, on the on the, these tours. And oftentimes, Terry, you know, I read a lot of reviews and the reviews for you and so many others are just so good. It's almost like a little family for, you know, for three, four or five days. It's amazing how uh, the bonding, the camaraderie that goes on on these trips. It's really amazing. And to be a small part of that, it just fills my heart so much. We're going to move on to our next segment, okay. which is called Behind the Person. And I understand that you have a, a little bit of a history and a person that you're going to give to our listeners today for Behind the Person. Yes, we had talked earlier about the Transcontinental Railroad. And the person who really thought about this was a young man in his 20s. His name was Theodore Judah. And he just had this crazy concept that that we can somehow get a train from California through the Sierra Nevadas to to Missouri that would and, and then furthermore transport people to the East Coast. It was such a vision for him and he was single purposely focused on that and to the point of obsession that people would call him right to his face or behind him created crazy Judah. Man, that guy is crazy. This is cannot be done. You know, the granite, the granite. So he was a young man and really started to uh, put ideas out there. And he even had met with president Lincoln in person to talk about, to talk about the railroad. Now he had the vision, but he didn't have the money. So as a young person, he brought on the fab four Stanford, Huntington, let me see, Hopkins and Crocker that funded it, they were more involved. They were more interested in the profit of it. Judah was more interested in the advancement of it and getting, getting, it, getting it across because it would open up trade, it would open up um, travel, the mail system, and get people flowing to connect California to the rest of the nation at that time. And so he worked really hard in spite of everybody calling him that he was a little on the crazy side. He didn't care. He just kept planning and planning. Unfortunately, he had caught yellow fever on a trip back east and didn't didn't uh, he died at the age of 37. So he didn't get to see the completion. But at the completion in 1869, the the specifications that he wrote out 15 years earlier were almost exact to what was done in 1869. So he was a trendsetter and he was a young man that stayed with that vision that God gave him. What a phenomenal individual. And I think that, you know, there's people that have the vision for things uh, in our past. And even now, uh, envision is important, very important. Um, And then there's those people who seek to, uh, the profiteers, uh, to get the the profit off of um, those things too. But uh, this is, was an extremely unique uh, young man. Yes. And he does have he does have a, a memorial there in Old Sacramento, so that's part of my scavenger hunt. I send the students to try to find his his sculpture. <laughs> so you do a little scavenger hunts? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot to see in a short amount of time in Old Sacramento. So if I can send them with their parents out on scavenger hunt, then we get back together and we discuss what they found. Well, Terry, I wish I had you as a teacher when I was a kid. <laughs> Thank you. I have such a good time. I'm so blessed. I have the world's best job. All right. 
great. Well, Terry, let's uh, let's move on to our next segment, and uh, this one is kind of kind of cool. Uh, it's called Carved in Stone. Um, only this is going to be uh, kind of carved in bronze because I'm going to talk just a little bit about and get get your input too. But on the Pony Express Memorial uh, in the heart of uh, Old Town, so it's uh, this this memorial is actually made of bronze and it's uh, it's made by sculptor Thomas Holland, and I think this is a pretty cool. Um, pretty cool statue because it commemorates the glory of the Pony Express that started uh, at this spot at 2.45 a.m. on April 4th, 1860. Sam Hamilton galloped into a blinding rainstorm on the first lap of uh, an extremely long trip. It was over 1,900 miles uh, to St. Joseph, Missouri. Uh They they moved that mail nonstop. It was incredible. And during, uh, during uh, its eight, I guess, 18 month existence, its riders and 500 ponies carried over 35,000 pieces of mail uh, with the loss of, I think, just what one pouch. (laughs) It's just, it was, yes, it was quite a big undertaking. That sounds really successful. Yeah, pretty amazing. And uh, so this this venture, this the statue uh, was really, I guess, founded by Thomas Holland. And uh, the significance at this location, because I guess it went to St. Joseph, Missouri. Am I correct in saying yes. that? Yes. Okay. And that so that that length of the trip. Right. Well, Terry, I found uh, I found a little uh, help wanted poster when I was doing a little bit of research on the Pony Express that I thought was kind of funny. And uh, I guess this is actually a help wanted poster. It says, uh, wanted, young, skinny, wiry fellows, uh, not over 18, must be expert riders, willing to risk death daily. Yes. <laughs> Orphans preferred, $25 per week, uh, apply Pony Express Stables, St. Joseph, Missouri. Isn't that, isn't that inviting? That's like LinkedIn of the 1860s. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they did. You had to have you had to be between 100 pounds and 125 pounds. So they needed to be really light, like uh, our current day jockey would be. That and would exclude me about uh, 80 pounds ago. I'm not saying anything because in old Sacramento, I like those fried donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so we both but, wouldn't make uh, expert uh, no. riders. And uh, they had to also take a pledge that when they were on on duty, they could not swear, drink alcohol or engage in any fighting. So there were there were some uh, pretty good uh, um, character criteria. Yes, yes, and they also um, did. Are you going to touch on what they carried on their horse, Aaron? Well, uh, go ahead. Yes, they were allowed. They had their they uh, had special saddles made that made the uh, the ride lighter for the horse, and they carried their pouch. They had snacks, and they each were given a rifle, and everyone carried a Bible. Yeah, and that, that's that's amazing. Um, and I'm sure those riders, you know, and I just think of the adventure, the adventurous spirit, like, all right, here's your, here's your saddle. Here's your rifle. Here's your Bible. Yes. Uh, here's the adventure. Yes. Yes. And orphans were a lot more common then than they are now. So it, it seems kind of cold when you said orphans, you know, I've, cause I've seen that to orphans preferred, Yeah. but that wasn't unusual to be a, you know, a man of 16, young man of 16 without parents. Well, Terry, why did the Pony Express end? Well, actually, though it was very efficient, the telegraph service uh, was started, which changed it from a 10-day trip to minutes to get that telegraph out. 
So really about 18 months was, was the duration of the Pony Express. Yes. Well, during this segment, Cronk's Corner, uh, I thought I'd talk about John Sutter. We've mentioned his name before, and I want to give a little bit of a background on John Sutter and James Marshall. So John Sutter really is the undisputed founder of California, uh, pioneer. His, his real name was Johann Augustus Sutter, and he owned the land where gold was first discovered uh, in uh, beginning the, the famous California gold rush. Well, Sutter, his history is interesting to, to me because Sutter was born in Kandern, Germany, mm-hmm. a few miles from the Swiss border uh, in 1803. And he went to school actually in Switzerland and, and later joined the Swiss army, eventually becoming a captain uh, in the army and of the artillery. Well, he John Sutter arrived in the United States in July and soon made his way to St. Louis, Missouri, and when he was there, he made two trading trips, one to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, then he also traveled with a group of missionaries on the Oregon Trail uh, to Fort, Fort Vancouver in Oregon, in the Oregon Territory. And then the following year, he made his way to San Francisco. So a little bit of early history on him. Well, after he was in San Francisco, at this time, California was a Mexican territory, kind of interesting. Uh, wanting to obtain uh, a land grant, he became a Mexican citizen in 1840. June of 1841, he was granted nearly 50,000 acres uh, by the governor, Juan Batista Alvarado, at the junction of the Feather and Sacramento Rivers. Sutter began to build a settlement on this land that he called New Helvetia or New Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terry, he had dreams of kind of creating this agricultural utopia, I think, from what I've read about him. Yes. And this his then his settlement rapidly grew and uh, is, is and, and prospered as immigrants, trappers and traders uh, traveled through or settled in the area. Mm-hmm. And within just a few years, Sutter was the wealthiest and most influential man in the region. And uh, even he would admit later, he said, uh, I was everything, patriarch, priest, father, and judge. <laughs> yes. I, he was sitting in the middle of 190,000 acres. Yeah. So that's quite an empire. Well, a trait that was really interesting about John Sutter is even though he had this this uh, large land holding, one of the things that he uh, was known for was his hospitality. And no matter no matter who came knocking at his door, his fortress door, he would be able to provide you with rest. Oh, say, for example, uh, your the Donner Party coming over, and finally you make your way to to Sutter's Fort. He would he would give the people rest, food, medical care, feed their horses for them, whatever they needed, because in that was a self contained little village inside that fort. And he was known throughout the United States on the West Coast, especially for his generosity, never asking for a penny back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sutter's life would change dramatically when one of his employees, James Marshall, mm-hmm. discovered gold at his sawmill in what would later become the town of Coloma that you, you just talked about. Yes. Uh-huh. And that was in 1848. Yes. And uh, Marshall uh, immediately advised uh, Sutter of, of his findings. Uh-huh. Um, who, who swore to all his employees, uh, swore to secrecy. Uh, but the I think the news was just too big 
And in no time at all, it leaked out. Um, it, it leaked out. And, and John Sutter had the insight to know his life would forever be changed. And it was because with that onslaught of people, it pillaged the ground. It destroyed Sutter's fort. Uh, buildings were taken down. Uh, his animals were stolen. His his fields were trampled on. So his life never did, never uh, came to fruition the way he wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. And as the word quickly spread, I think there were there were literally tens of thousands, 80,000, 90, 100,000 miners that flooded the area. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it really overrunning uh, Sutter's area there. Yes, yes. Well, is, uh, is, is almost everything Sutter had worked for was destroyed. He, I guess, uh, deeded everything that was left <laughs> to his son, John Augustus Sutter Jr., uh, in order not to, use, uh, to lose it. Um, and then, uh, I guess, ironically, neither, neither John Sutter nor James Marshall ever really profited from the discovery uh, that should have made them some pretty wealthy men. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think Marshall tried to secure his own claims in the gold fields, he wasn't very successful either. Um, he, he died penniless, as yeah. John Marshall did. He tried going on autograph tours and he tried his hand at making wine, but he did die penniless with the people in Coloma uh, gathered the money for his funeral. Yeah. Well, and Terry, uh, just a last little tidbit here in 1850, uh, California would become a state. And by 1852, uh, Sutter was really bankrupt and his land was filled with squatters. Yes. <laughs> uh, so in 1857, uh, the squatters took Sutter to court over the legality of his titles and the U.S. Land Commission decided in Sutter's favor. Uh, so there was a little bit of a bright spot there. He did. He ended up dying on the East Coast. What he did, uh, John Sutter ended up going back east to appeal to the government to help subsidize him for the impact, the economic impact that he made on California. Yeah. But he died. He died. He died in a a hotel. Yeah. In Washington, D.C. Yes. Uh Let's move into the call to action. What can we what kinds of uh, what is our call to action? What can we get out of the lives of of John Sutter and James Marshall? The thing that really uh, comes across my heart is that when you understand their lives and they were far from perfect people, um, they really did have major flaws, uh, as as we all do. God still uses you for His plan. And for example, James Marshall came over here and he took him a year or two to come to California from back east. And he was a very humble man. And then yet God used him to find the goal that really changed the life of California, changed the life of the United States, funded recovery from the Civil War. And how all of us, I, I appeal to everyone to understand, raise your hands if, when, because you know God can use you. And everyone needs to raise that hand because he uses us in our imperfect ways and our experiences for his glory and for his ultimate plan to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Great, Terry. And and we have to understand that God wants a relationship with us. Yes. He wants to, to work in and through us. And I look at these men and I don't, you know, I don't know uh, much about their faith, but I do know that God uses, like you said, uh, and loves to work with uh, perfectly imperfect people yes. <laughs> and uh, that he'll, he'll um, allow our weaknesses 
to even he'll he'll work in our weaknesses and through our weaknesses. So yes. we don't have to be perfect. We just no. have to move forward, right? We don't need to be perfect. We just have to have a heart after God. Well, Terry Van Cleveren, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on, on the Behind the Tour podcast. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for being here and taking us on a tour of California. Thank you so much, Aaron, for this opportunity. I, I look forward to sharing California with everyone. Well, and uh, Terry, I hope we're going to have you back too on another podcast uh, because you're just such a, you're just a, such a uh, effervescent vivacious personality and uh, the the kids and uh, the people on our tours love you. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have you back. Thank you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode drops and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you have any questions for us, you can email us at behind the tour at acts-tours.com. We encourage people to look at taking American Christian tour programs to California and to the West. These programs and other programs can be found on our website. Well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And as always, remember that your story is a part of his story. And God puts you here and now in this day and this age for such a time as this. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.